Hi, I'm Stephen Apt, and here at Divine Savior Church, we believe that the message of Jesus truly changes lives. And so it's my prayer that as you listen to this message, that it does change your heart, uh, that it brings you peace and hope once again today. After you listen to it, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and liking, uh, we'd be grateful for that so that more people can hear the message of Jesus. Thank you. Well, welcome back to our series called Scandal. Uh, it is a series that's looking at the greatest scandal to ever take place, and that's the killing of Jesus of Nazareth. We said last week that a scandal is more than just something bad that happened. Uh, a scandal is something bad that is done behind closed doors, that is done by people we would least expect to be doing these evil things. Generally what happens is a scandal happens behind closed doors and then gets out to the public and the public cannot believe that those people were involved in this type of action. And so this series, as we're walking through Lent up until Good Friday and Easter, we're looking at this scandal of killing Jesus. More than just an innocent person, but killing God himself. Last week we looked at how, uh, how the, the Jewish leaders plotted behind closed doors to murder Jesus, to have him killed. They plotted and they schemed on how they could get this done. Today, we shift gears just a little bit to the next uh, step in the plot, and that is betrayal. One of Jesus' closest friends, one of his closest twelve, Judas Iscariot, betrays Jesus. And what we're going to look at today is how does one get to a point that they sell out on Jesus? And then the second thing we want to consider is if you've sold out, is there any hope? Today we're in Matthew chapter 26. And Matthew chapter 26 uh, is getting close to Jesus' death. Uh, right before this section, Jesus and his disciples were having dinner uh, at someone's house when a woman came in with a, j a jar full of perfume. And she poured the whole thing on Jesus' head anointing him. The disciples were upset about it, and the reason was because that bottle of perfume was worth a year's worth of wages. A year's salary for that jar of perfume, and she poured it all out onto Jesus. And the disciples were upset and said, why wasn't this sold and the money given to the poor? And Jesus said, leave her alone. You're always going to have the poor but you're not going to always have me. What she did for me prepares me for my burial. It's this event that sets Judas over the edge. It's right after that we're told this. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. It was right after this event that Judas approached the chief priests of the Jewish religion and said, how much? What are you going to give me if I sell him out to you? What are you going to give me 
if I hand him over? Judas knew the friction that was happening between Jesus and the the Jewish religious leaders. He knew that they were looking for a way to get rid of him. It was obvious, and so he approached them. And the price they agreed to was 30 pieces of silver. How much was 30 pieces of silver? It's hard to say what that would be today, but at that time, it was probably one-third of a year's worth of salary. January through April, worth of salary. Which is a pretty good chunk of change, but it's not life-changing money. Is it really worth selling out God himself for four months of pay? Judas thought so. Why? What motivated Judas to do this? Judas loved money. Judas was motivated uh, because he was in charge of the bag of money for the disciples. Uh, People donated to Jesus. People donated to the cause, so to speak. They gave money to Jesus. And Judas was put in charge of the money. And what are we told that he did? Well, he helped himself to the bag of money. Embezzled a little bit. Ah, Just a little here a little there, no one's going to know. And so when this perfume that could have been sold for a whole year's wage could have been in the bag, and Judas could have took some, it was too much. Jesus, the bitterness set in, the greed took root, and it was time to get rid of Jesus because clearly we're not on the same page, Judas thought. And so he approached, and for 30 pieces of silver, started looking for a way to turn Jesus over. You know, as we read Scripture, uh, we can sometimes think that Judas is just a bad guy from the beginning. He's just a bad guy. Uh, and, and from Scripture, we can kind of get that, that idea as well. And yet, as we take a step back, how did Judas get here? Because he wasn't always a bad guy. Think about this. Jesus chose Judas to be one of his 12 disciples. And we're not told anyone objected. When Jesus, or the group, made Judas the treasurer, we aren't told that anyone had big concerns. In fact, they probably felt more secure with Judas in charge of the money than say, Matthew, the tax collector, who made a living off stealing from people. It made sense. He was good with money. Jesus sent out his twelve to go and preach and teach that the kingdom of God was near. Who was with them? Judas. He went out and preached the kingdom. Jesus sent his disciples out, and he gave them authority to cast out demons. And they came back and told Jesus, you're not going to believe it, the demons submitted to us. And Judas was with them, casting out demons. And then consider this. The night before Jesus dies, they're in the upper room, he and his disciples, they're getting ready to celebrate the uh, the Passover. Jesus is getting ready to institute the Lord's Supper. And what does he say? One of you is going to betray me. How did the disciples respond? 
Of course it's Judas. I knew it. I've been suspicious of him the whole time. Jesus, why did you even bring him in? I knew it. There was always something off about Judas. No. (laughs) How did they respond? It's not me, is it? It's not me. Nobody suspected Judas. How do you get to a point to selling out God? How do you get to a point of selling out Jesus? How did he get there? The answer lies in a great, I don't know if I call him great, but a philosopher. He lived by a philosophy anyways. Uh, His name, Pablo Escobar, the drug lord, the Colombian drug lord. Uh, From 1975 to around 1995, uh, Escobar was one of the wealthiest people in the world, and he seemed to be able to get away with anything that he wanted. He would smuggle a bunch of drugs into America. No problem. He'd order somebody to be murdered. They would be murdered. Everyone knew Escobar ordered it. No accountability. When he did get arrested, he'd be arrested for a couple days and then all of a sudden let go. No punishment. He's just free now. It's because Escobar lived by a philosophy. And the philosophy was this. Everyone has their price. You just need to figure out what it is. And when he did, he exploited it. He threatened it. He paid it. If it was money that was your price, he had a whole bunch that he could give you. If it was your family that you held so near and dear, he threatened it. If you had scandals in your past, oh, he threatened to bring that up and exploited that. And pretty soon, everyone that he got in trouble with, everyone that, uh, that tried to arrest him, just let him go because everyone has their price. And that's your first point today. Everyone has a price. And you know who else knows that? Satan. Everyone has a price that they are willing to sell out God for. And we do it every time we know what God's Word says, and yet we do the opposite anyways. And so what's your price? For Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. What is your price to sell out on your faith and on Jesus? Maybe for you it's money, just like Judas. Uh, if, if the boss promises a raise, if you work this many hours, even if it's going to cut out your Bible study time, even if, even if it's going to cut out your personal devotion time because you're just too tired, you're willing to do it. And then you're working so much during the week that you're too tired to come in on Sunday morning to worship. And so you just cut Jesus out because of the money. Maybe it's to be liked. Maybe you want to be liked and popular. And so as you're with your friends and some unchristian behavior is happening, instead of standing up and saying, hey, you know what? This isn't right. 
You don't want to be looked at as some holy roller, some Jesus freak. So you keep silence to save your reputation, to save face with your friends. Maybe it's selling out for likes and hearts on Instagram and Facebook, posting things you know you shouldn't because it gets people to like, to click. Maybe you sell out for success. You want success in business. You want success. You want the name recognition. And even if it means you cut a little corners and and act unethically, well, that's worth it to have the success in my life. What is the price for you to sell out on Jesus? We all have it. And Satan knows it. And there's no one who studies you more than the devil to try to get you to sell out on your Savior. Is it a night or moment of pleasure? You look at the website, you look at the pictures, the videos. Is it a night of drunkenness, despite the Bible saying, don't get drunk, but be filled with the Spirit, we're going to sell out for a few hours of fun, even though we know Scripture says not to. Everyone has a price. What is yours? Judas, it was 30 pieces of silver. But do you want to know what's even more scandalous than that? We often sell out on Jesus for far less than 30 pieces of silver. For a moment. For a few hours. For a few laughs at a crude joke. We sell out for far less than 30 pieces of silver betraying our Savior's trust. Betraying our Savior. How do you get to a point where you sell out on Jesus? It's by Satan studying you and knowing and willingly sell out for what Satan has to offer. And so is there hope. If you remember Judas' story, uh, Judas sells out on Jesus, takes the 30 pieces of silver, and what Judas ends up doing is actually betraying him in the Garden of Gethsemane, leading the the soldiers and the uh, Jewish high priests to Jesus. He gets arrested. And when Judas realizes that Jesus isn't getting out of this, he's filled with remorse, with regret. And he goes back to those same chief priests and says, I've betrayed innocent blood. Take the money back. And they say, what's that to us? Not our problem. That's a you problem, not a us problem. And how does Judas respond? He completely despairs. There's no hope. I've sold out God. And he goes and hangs himself. I'm here to tell you today that is the improper way to respond when you realize that you've sold out on Jesus. Instead, what do we do when we realize we've sold out on Jesus? Let's look to a different sellout. One that we don't really focus on all that much because we focus on how Judas betrayed Jesus. 
But later that night, there was another sellout. His name was Peter, who approached Jesus, who, who followed Jesus as he was arrested. One of Jesus' disciples, the one who said, I will never disown you, he approaches the, the courtyard where there's a fire. It was chilly at night, and the servants of the high priest were standing out there, and Judas warms himself, and all of a sudden he gets asked three times, you were with him, weren't you? Yeah, you know Jesus. You're one of his disciples. And three times Peter said, Jesus who? I don't know that guy. I don't, not me. To the point where he called down curses to show just how serious he was. I don't know this man. And after the third time, he remembered Jesus' words. And he was filled with regret, with shame, and he ran out and he wept bitterly. But Peter had a little bit of hope, had a little bit of, of trust that what Jesus said to other people could maybe possibly apply to him, and that is your sins are forgiven. And he found trust and he found hope in his Savior. Because what does our Savior do? Here's your truth number two. Jesus came to buy back all the sellouts. Jesus came to purchase you, to redeem you, to buy you back from sin and from the power of the devil. And that's what we saw in Matthew chapter 4, isn't it? When, when Jesus was out in the wilderness, he was tempted, and Satan approached him and said, how much, Jesus, how much to sell out on God? What is your price? You're hungry. It's been 40 days since you've eaten. Turn this stone into bread. And Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Okay, that's not your price. And so what does, Jesus, what does Satan do? He takes Jesus up to a high place and he sees everything. And Satan says, I'll give all of this to you. I'll release my control. I won't fight you. It's all yours. I'll back down. Just bow down and worship me. No suffering, Jesus. You don't have to die to save these people. Is that the price? And Jesus said, no chance. Get away from me, Satan. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He never once sold out. Everyone has a price except for Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. And then, he went to the cross. Because what was the price to buy you back? Not gold or silver, but the holy precious blood of Jesus shed on the cross to purchase you from the devil to purchase you from the power of sin, to release Satan's hold over you. It was his precious blood shed on the cross to pay the debt of all of the times you sold out, all of the times that I sold out. And he willingly paid it because that's how much he loves you. Because that's how much he wants to spend eternity with you. You want to talk about scandal. Uh, you and I, Judas, we sell out on God. God is, is holy. He is perfect. He's not dependent on anyone. He doesn't need us. He's self-sufficient in every way. And yet, how scandalous is our God that we would sell out on him, and what would he do in return? Buy us back. 
buy back all the sellouts. You betrayed me, I'm going to die to save you from your sins. I'm going to die on the cross to shed my blood, to pay the price to have you as my own, because that's how much he wants to be with you for eternity. Incredibly scandalous love from our God. And so what do we do? Your last point. When we, when we remember the price Jesus paid, it's easier to reject Satan's offer. Because we know the love of our Savior, because we know just how much, he, uh, it, how much it took to buy us back, to redeem us, we want to reject Satan's offer. There's not a price that we are willing to pay to sell out on our Savior. And how do we get to that point? It's by meditating and remembering the price that our Savior paid to have us as his own. When I sit and meditate on how the innocent Son of God gave up his life on the cross for me, it brings uh, motivation to my heart to live for him and to reject Satan's offer. And we're all pumped up. We're ready to go out. But do you know what's going to happen? There's still little sinners in each of our hearts. And there are going to be times when we go out and we sell out. What do we do in those moments? We stop. We weep. We're sorrowful over our sin. And then we turn back to our Savior Jesus who never tires of telling you how he's bought you back. He never tires of telling you that you are forgiven. Never tires of telling you that there is hope for sellouts and it's in his death and resurrection and in his scandalous love for you and me. And so let's go. Confident. Hopeful. Filled with joy that we have a God who redeems all the sellouts. Who buys back all the sellouts. Who loves you enough to shed his blood, to pay the price, to have you as his own for eternity. Let's pray. Dear Savior Jesus, what love you must have for us that you willingly came into this world to pay the price to buy us back from sin, to buy us back from the power of the devil, and to release his hold on us. Uh, what love you must have for us uh, who at times willfully sells out uh, for our own reputation, for our own pleasure, for really selfish reasons, Lord. Uh, and yet you come to buy us back, to redeem us and have us as your own. Uh, what joy fills our hearts, what humility fills our hearts, uh, and what motivation is kindled in our hearts as we remember your love to go out and live for you. Uh, if you were willing to pay that price to have us as your own, uh, that motivates all kinds of love back towards you from us. As we go out uh, in the world from this service, we ask that you be with us, fill us with that love, uh, your love, that we may love you and reject all of Satan's offers because there's nothing that he could offer that is great as you. We thank you for your love, your forgiveness. Continue to build us up in that forgiveness. Uh, when we fail, put people in our lives that point us back to you, uh, our Savior, who buys back all the sellouts. We ask you to fill us with this peace and with this joy once again. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message today. It's my prayer that uh, it has changed your heart as you grew in the message of your Savior, Jesus. Again, if you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing 
we'd be grateful for that. God bless your day.